In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. Now, we don't only bring you leaders from all over the world, but we also have listeners from over the world. So, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us, don't worry about it because we're on every major podcast platform. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the other ones. And in this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even help you propel your career forward. And I invite you to connect with me, Kimberly, at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And when you send me a mail, let me know what you want to hear about on this show, what kind of subjects you want to hear about. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. You know, business to consumer deals directly with the end customer. That's kind of people like you and me. And the end customer actually deals with emotions. But business to business companies deal with other companies and they actually deal with logic. Now, there are obvious differences in the way B2C and B2B companies engage, interact with, and serve their customer bases. But when customer expectations rise in the B2C community, then B2B companies also need to step up. End consumer expectations have risen over the past years, and since March 2020, when we all became virtual and digital, the customer journey really changed. It was no longer linear, meaning, you know, purchase, deliver. It's really turned into a 360-degree journey, beginning with research, consultation, try it out, Purchase, deliver, use, inquire, and return if you have to, or keep and buy again. So this has really turned into a 360-degree cycle. Now, business-to-consumer customers have understood this and um, are improving their customer services to meet new expectations. But B2B companies need to apply the same customer experience to their clients that the B2C companies are doing. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how B2B companies can adopt their products and services to meet the challenging needs of both consumers as well as customers. So for this series, we're going to be talking with Matt Materja. And Matt is Mono Solutions General Manager and VP of Sales in the United States. Matt has a decade of hands-on experience working with 
challenges that companies face when selling digital services and technology to small businesses that are rapidly digitalizing their businesses. Before joining Mono Solutions, Mac worked with big names such as Dex Media and Location 3 Media. He also sits on the board of directors of Broadleaf Health and Education Alliance, a nonprofit working alliance across Northeast India. Now, Matt also does a lot of work in the United States as well as Europe. Um, Mono is based in Denmark. And a little bit about Mono Solutions. Mono Solutions is a 30 million, has 30 million small businesses in the U.S. and serves 25 million plus in the EU. Small businesses are key to the economic growth and opportunity for entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and independence. Mono is there to empower small businesses with best-in-class marketing technology like website, e-commerce, email, and online booking. Mono is a white-label technology and serves small business owners and online business uh, with online business models in Europe, US and Canada. And the mono technology is resold by local digital marketing providers. So welcome to the show, Matt. Hi, happy to be here. <laughs> okay. So Matt, bef- um, before we get you've done a lot of market research before we get any, into that, uh, let's let's just talk about What's changed? I mean, customer expectations have changed. The end customer—I'm talking about the consumer, because that's yep. where that's where the everything ends. What what's happened there? Yeah, well, I think actually, you in your intro, you started to get to this point, but obviously, consumer expectation uh, and customer expectations and customer have changed. I would argue that consumers and businesses aren't that different. Um, but if we just focus on customer expectations, I mean. You're 100% right when you said that it's, you know, evolved into this 360 sort of evolution. Um, And I think that's certainly been happening for a number of years, right? Um, We've been sort of conditioned as consumers between, you know, Amazon and Uber and app stores where, like, you can take your phone out and and literally summon not just anything, but almost anyone, right? Um, You have this expectation that you're going to receive it, if not immediately, uh, at least within two days, um, and by the way, it's going to be price competitive and, uh, and you're going to have free returns and you're going to have, you know, access to tons of reviews. Um, so certainly I think technology has conditioned us, obviously everything that's been happening. I think we will probably, you can't go on any sales call podcast webinar, uh, and now in 2021, unfortunately, we're still talking about the pandemic, but mm-hmm. the pandemic has done nothing but accelerate all these trends that were already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I see kind of customer expectation sitting is, uh, we want it everything sort of now we want the best and we want it the cheapest. Yeah. And, and those expectations, um, I mean, you, you talked about we don't like want to, you know, we all talk about the pandemic, but did, did they really accelerate during this time, during the pandemic time? I mean, what people were expecting as far as service is concerned and the end consumer? Well, I think, you know, actually, in terms of service expectations, that might be something that might have gotten a little bit uh, level set. During the pandemic, I, I mean, I just look at it from my own experience that um, yeah, I actually, I bought a home in July, um, again, probably because of the pandemic, because I was getting, uh, having two people in a one bedroom apartment was uh, working full time was getting to be a bit much, but um, our expectations have been pretty low in, in buying things like furniture and stuff like that, because actually things have been delayed by you know months. So I think... Expectation-wise, maybe not so much. But I will say, if you look at, for example, e-commerce, uh, and this shouldn't be a surprise, I mean, e-commerce has grown more in the last 12 months than it has in the last eight years. So, you know, the pandemic, I think, again, it's just it's poured sort of gas on these trends that have been happening. And I do think that if you look at companies like Amazon, where, you know, Again, you can get almost anything delivered, if not in an hour, within two days. That is going to ultimately change our expectations, and that's going to certainly trickle down to to local businesses as well. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, the, you know, they have set the bar quite high. And so what what's happening for local businesses? I mean, you know, um, and Amazon, you know, if Amazon Prime, you can get it the next day. Um, how are local businesses adapting to these new con- consumer expectations? Yeah, well, I think in some ways it's, it's obviously tough for local businesses. Um, I think the pandemic forced transformation that probably should have been happening already. So I actually think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, local businesses have a couple of strengths, uh, certainly proximity and convenience, but I think more so it's that personal touch, right? It's that expertise, you know, the curation, the uniqueness that, that they bring as, uh, you know, a, an actual face to the business, right? You, you can go to Amazon and you know, even in, when you know exactly what you're looking for, you still have to sift through hundreds of products. Um, so in my opinion, local businesses, they should lean on that, those strengths that they have. Um, and then obviously with the pandemic, they've been forced to sort of digitize those strengths. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think some have done that really well. Um, you know, I think e-commerce is, of, you know, being able to order online, pick up in store, setting up an e-commerce store, uh, that's sort of table stakes, in my opinion, at this point. I think more so what's been cool to see is the businesses that have been able to sort of uh, take that curated um, experience and digitize it, whether that's, you know, I've seen like, you know, subscription businesses. I have a cheese, uh, a cheese store in my neighborhood and, you know, they started a, a cheese of the month club, oh. um, you know, or you see restaurants that have been doing uh, online cooking. Right. Uh, so they've been able to adapt. And I think, um, you know, those experiences and those new revenue streams that, the, that some of these businesses have been able to create, there will be obviously a regression to the mean, hopefully once this pandemic's over and things get opened up. But I think a lot of the sort of forced transformation and forced adaptation that's happened at the local level uh, will definitely be, be sticking around. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so when, when as SMBs change, and you you talked about you know the increase in e-commerce, um, they're B to C, okay, and mm-hmm. they have they have vendors that are working for them. So as the expectation of the end customer goes up, then you know the the expectation of the small business is going to go up when it comes to to vendors. And you recently did a market research with Locology in um, the United States. And it, you know, looked at, you know, vendors readiness to serve the customers. So what, what, uh, what was something that you found out from that? Yeah, so I mean, just to just give you a little bit of context, um, we wanted to ask uh, a lot of companies in the space, and we're a vendor ourselves, we don't serve businesses directly, we do that through uh, reselling partners, uh, what we call digital service providers. But a lot of these companies, if you look at specifically the space we're in, which is uh, agency services and MarTech, they've sort of been commoditized. Um, That's a great thing for small businesses in some ways because it's increased competition. That's not great for the companies we work with. So a lot of them talk about service as being their differentiator. Um, But we wanted to know then if everyone talks about service being your differentiator, what do small businesses actually expect from their providers? Um, so that's what we want to look at in this study is just asking these small businesses, what do you expect? Um, and, you know, the answer, obviously we can dive deeper into, into some of the results that we got. The answers uh, were basically, hey, we want personalized service. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's tough for for our partners because service isn't scalable. Uh, but I would say the other side of that coin is, you know, we equally saw that small businesses, if you give them the tools and resources, they're also very willing to uh, sort of get their hands dirty to say uh, and make the most out of the investments that they, they, uh, they make within whether it's software or services that they're buying. Mm-hmm. And this is a really important important point because um, you know serving these small businesses right now is critical. And so I'd like to hear more about the market research and exactly what you researched and, and what the small businesses were saying about the vendors that are serving them. 
And we'll do that after the break, Matt. So we're going to take a short break now. And for our listeners, we are talking with Matt Materja. And Matt is Mono Solutions General Manager and VP of Sales in America. Matt has a decade of hands-on experience working with the challenges that companies face when selling digital services and technology to small businesses. And Mono Solutions is a white label technology behind thousands of small business owners' websites and online business models in Europe, U.S., and Canada. And the mono technology is resold by local digital marketing providers. Now, if you'd like to learn more about mono, you can learn about mono on www.monosolutions.com, on Twitter under Mono Solutions, and on LinkedIn under Mono-Solutions. And if you'd like to reach out to Matt, you can go to Matt on LinkedIn and Matt is also on Twitter under M-T-E-R-G and on LinkedIn you are under your name Matt Maturja and that's M-A-T-E-R G-I-A okay and for me if you'd like to reach out and send me information go to Kimberly Lewis at cinda.com uh, or leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and this broadcast is brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers, and to learn more about Cinda, go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Each week, The Opportunity Zone is the one show you'll want to turn to for private and alternative investment opportunities. Hosted by private lender Chris Magda and industry veteran Dan Summers, we'll help you move your investment strategy to the next level by featuring industry insiders, marketing experts, sports figures, and more who will challenge you, inspire you, and motivate you to move forward. The Opportunity Zone airs live every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we are talking with Matt Materja, and he's Mono's general manager of VP of Sales for America. And he has a decade of hands-on experience working with the challenges that companies face when selling digital services and technology to small businesses. And we we're talking we're talking about 
the fact that customer expectations have changed. The end consumer has changed. And therefore, small businesses have had to change their behavior. And when that happens, it's kind of a chain reaction, right, Matt? And then vendors have to change their behaviors also. So you've done a study on this. So let, let's talk a little bit more about the study uh, on, on what you found out about you know, how, how vendors are ready. Um, are they really ready with this service responsiveness that they need for SMBs? Yeah, um, and, and yes and no. And just to, to kind of recap again, you know, we went out, uh, we surveyed 500 businesses in the U.S. Uh, and really around this question of, you know, what are your expectations around the service that you're receiving from the vendors and companies that you're working with? Uh, where do you see it lacking? You know, are you happy? Are you not happy? I think one of the things that, um, you know, would keep me up at night if I'm work, uh, if I'm at a SaaS company, obviously, which I am, is that, you know, 25%, a quarter of the small businesses that we surveyed actually said they were unhappy with the service that they're providing. So if, if I'm uh, at a digital provider, uh, a service provider or a SaaS company, and I'm saying, hey, services are differentiator, you know, yes, we, we provide, um, you know, a lot of these services that are, you can get anywhere and commoditized, but hey, we're the best at service. And yet 25% of these small businesses are saying we're unhappy. Um, that's obviously concerning to me. But, you know, when you look at service generally, everybody loves SaaS um, because it scales, but they want to do it software as a service. They want to do it without that last S. Um, and, you know, resoundingly, what we got back in terms of, uh, of SMB's expectations is small businesses. And this is obviously, this is the, the challenge with servicing small businesses because you have these conflicting forces. They have really high expectations and they have low budgets. Um, <laughs> they came back and they told us, you know, we really want personalized, bespoke service. Um, and that's obviously really hard to do. Uh, and so, you know, what was interesting was like, 57% of the small business said we want to dedicate service rep um, and we want them not only to be on demand, but we'd also like them to have regularly scheduled uh, check-ins with us. Uh, and of course, the flip side of that is, you know, about 30% of the providers came back and said, yeah, we have, we have uh, dedicated reps. So that was one really big mismatch in service. Um, but I think what, you know, as disappointing as that might be for uh, a service provider, if you're, uh, some of your listeners are leaders, uh, leading these organizations, you might be disappointed by that to say like, well, Hey, service is expensive. We can't do that. That's insane. The flip side is we did get some data back and some takeaways, um, from this report as well, where we do see a path to scale. Um, and we see that path, you know, basically utilizing technology, um, technology and automation and providing tools to small businesses. And, and we can get into that. But there was definitely a, a willingness on the small businesses uh, side to uh, to engage and utilize these tools. So uh, to collaborate with their providers. So I think that should be the positive that you can take away from, you know, if you get a little scared when you hear that uh, you, you hear the word personal service. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, isn't that kind of normal? I mean, we all want personal service, you know. Um, well, sure. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so I can't, I can't blame the SMBs for wanting that. Um, what's interesting is that thirty percent of the only thirty percent of the providers do that. So, as we, you know, what kind of when when you're talking about that personal service, okay, what? What are the SMBs looking for when personal service? What kind of help do they need, okay, when it comes to, yeah. to SaaS solutions or their business solutions? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, I mean, let's be clear. When we're talking about small businesses, and obviously, Kimberly, you know this. You've been mm-hmm. in this space. But the constant that has, has always been there since I've started this in, in this space, you know, more than 10 years ago, and I'm sure we'll be there till the end of time, is that small businesses, they don't have time. They're wearing, you know, so many different hats. And so they're buying technology and services to make their lives easier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, the reality is they're, they don't have the time to actually learn and, 
uh, and get the full utilization of this of of the software and the services they provide. So, you know, some people call that you know the the engagement cliff, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, small businesses will buy something, they never really utilize it, uh, so they don't really see the return, and then they drop off. So that's like that's obviously a big challenge. To answer your question specifically, the data we got back where they're looking for um, the most help. It is number one on initial setup of the software. So onboarding, getting sort of over that um, over that cliff, if you will, the engagement cliff. Um, the other side of it is uh, the, the second biggest sort of request or expectation that we got back in the data was, uh, was that they want to see some kind of performance rep- report or ROI. So, hey, I want mm-hmm. help getting started, but I also want to know you know, is this actually making my life easier? Is this making my life better? Um, the third thing that the small businesses want to help with, of course, is sort of specific functions of the software. And I think, you know, that's uh, the, the last two points, the, the performance and then, you know, specific help. Those are definitely the two places that uh, I think are, are ripe for, for automation. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at the automation, okay, but, um, when you're talking to the small business, I mean, what, what are you looking at exactly? Are you looking at, you know, um, back-end solutions, um, you know, marketing solutions? What kind of scope were you covering? Yeah, so, I mean, some of the stuff that we got back in terms of automation, right? Like, and, and that, that term can be very broad. So mm-hmm. thank you for asking specifics, but, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, in, in tool service, for example, like guide me tools. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're logging on for the first time, are you getting sort of that step-by-step walkthrough of, of the platform? Or are you just dumped into something and you're like, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Um, you know, obviously, uh, providing, you know, 24 seven support. Maybe you can't do that uh, with people at chairs, uh, but maybe you can provide that via some, uh, some chat bots or, you know, something that can redirect to uh, either an uh, escalate to a live agent or redirect you to things like content libraries, like uh, knowledge mm-hmm. bases and things like that. So there's, there's opportunities for automation there. Obviously there's also, um, you know, you can trigger different, when we talk about performance reports and things like that, uh, you can utilize data to, to trigger, um, to trigger interactions. Uh, it's like, I mean, here's a super simple example. If you look at service, um, you know, let's say uh, I'm a local business and I have, uh, there's a holiday coming up and I have holiday hours. Uh, and you see this, you know, of course, even with things like Facebook and Google, my business, you'll get an email that just, uh, you know, here in the States, President's Day is coming up. That's next Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, business owner, President's Day is coming up. Do you have different hours? Does this look correct? Click here to change. So you are, you're helping the business owner who may not even have thought about changing that, right? Um, but also you're, you're going to lower your, the need for uh, you to have uh, the service burden, right? Because mm-hmm. now that's not a phone call that's coming in on Friday asking you to change hours you know, you've proactively contacted the small business here on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Right. Yeah. No. Okay. I get it. So, so with all these functions, I mean, have you, did you see that, you know, we went all went virtual in, in February last year. Um, and you know, that was a big shock for, for small businesses. And, um, did you see a bigger investment in SaaS solutions where, were small businesses spending more money then, um, or looking for solutions more? Yeah, um, we saw a, a, anyone who's a, a software vendor or service provider for small businesses, I don't think will be surprised by this, but we saw a huge uh, adoption, not only in our business uh, with things like e-commerce, um, online booking, uh, some of those more transactional tools, but in the report, um, we actually had 70% of the respondents that told us that they had made a software purchase um, directly as a result of the pandemic. Um, and that was, you know, everything from, you know, investments in uh, to be more efficient remote work, um, online payments, 
uh, investments, of course, in the website. And then, you know, as we've mentioned as well, investments in, in things like e-commerce. So uh, that's definitely, I think, as we mentioned earlier, the pandemic sort of accelerated a lot of trends that were happening. I think the same thing happened for small businesses. This was a like, you know, oh crap moment of, mm. like, I closed overnight. I need to, it's not that I, I want to, to sort of do some of these things. It's I need to now uh, to survive and it sort of forced that transformation. Mm-hmm. And so, so this is kind of like, uh, you know, um, Christmas or birthday or whatever for the SaaS companies because everybody's going online. <laughs> That's right. Like, okay. <laughs> but then, there, but there's still a little bit of a disconnect there because if you go back to what you told me before about a disconnect between the providers and what the what the what the um, what the SMBs want. So, um, what what can we do about that? How how can we you know did how can that disc we kind of close that gap? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, not only is there, um, there is a gap in the service and we can get into that, but, you know, even, even these businesses that realize like, oh, I need an online store, right? That doesn't mean that they were equipped to actually set up and run an online store. So, you know, obviously companies that provide sort of uh, self-sign-up, self-serve model did very well in the pandemic. If you look at Shopify, Wix, et cetera, their stock went through the roof. Um, but we also saw this at our partners where a lot of these companies said, hey, I need to do this. But by the way, I have no idea how to get started. So that was a great opportunity for the, for the, companies, uh, the companies that we work with. You know, specific to how do we close that gap, um, you know, again, more broadly, I think uh, setting up some of those tools and automation gives you that pass, uh, sorry, path to scalability. So, um, you know, investing in those, those content libraries, investing in those onboarding flows, investing in, you know, some of this technology that's going to help you facilitate great service experience. That's number one. Number two, if you get a little bit more granular, we saw big deltas in even specific avenues of support uh, and service. So, uh, for example, uh, text messaging. You know, a quarter of the small businesses said, I'd like to be able to just uh, text my provider and get support that way. Yet only 2% of providers said they're offering that as an avenue. So in my opinion, like if you're offering, you know, chatbots and things like that, that's a, that's a over the night solution where you can offer uh, text messaging. Same thing with callback options. Small businesses, uh, it was over a quarter of them said, we'd like the option to request callback. Only six percent of uh, providers were actually that responded to our survey were were offering that. Mm-hmm. So there's you know broad wins, of course. I think there's also quick wins available. And then the third thing that I'll say, of course, and I think we can do this uh, as a as an industry. I think we can be better at this. A lot of the conversations we have, and of course, there's very smart people that are uh, attacking these problems. But a lot of the conversations, there's that I have, there's a lot of assumptions being tossed around about small businesses. And I just think as an industry, we could do a better job of, uh, of actually just listening. And I think that mm-hmm. could go a long way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and with that, we're going to take a small break, Matt. And when we come back, um, I want to talk about the different kinds of service models, because if we want to improve that the service to to SMBs, uh, then we should probably take a look at what kind of service models are out there uh, for SMBs. And for our listeners, we are talking to Matt Materja, and he is the general manager and VP of sales in America for Mono Solutions, which is a Danish company um, located in Copenhagen. And Matt has a decade of hands-on experience working with challenges that companies face when selling digital services and technology to small businesses. And Mono, Mono is a white labeled technology and their technology is behind hundreds and thousands of small business owners and websites all around Europe as well as in the US and Canada. Now if you'd like to learn more about Mono 
Mono, you can go to www.monosolutions.com, on Twitter under Mono Solutions, and on LinkedIn under Mono-Solutions. And Matt, you can reach out to him on LinkedIn under uh, under Matt Materja and on Twitter. And this episode, this podcast is also being brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital associations. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, then please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we are talking with Matt Materja, and he's Mono's General Manager and VP of Sales in America. And Mono Solutions is a white-label technology that stands behind thousands of small businesses, owners, websites, and online business models in Europe and the United States. And we're talking about how customer expectations on the end customer, people like you and me, have have really risen um, over the past couple of years and, of course, risen since the pandemic greatly. And how vendors and SaaS companies have to also raise the bar to serve the small businesses that are serving us. Now, Matt, we, we, we talked a little bit about closing that gap on the expectations between what this, the small businesses want so they can better serve the end customer and where the SaaS companies and the vendors are. And let's talk about the different service models, um, kind of put you know, what kind of service models are out there for for SaaS companies to serve um, SMBs? Yeah, so um, we, we really look at three service models. Um, so historically, of course, uh, you have what we call DIFM, which is short for Do It For Me. Um, and this is, you know, complete turnkey solution. So full service. Um, and this is obviously where a lot of the uh, marketing agencies and, and the like have sat for a long time where they you know, say, hey, we are your trusted advisor. Uh, we will do everything for you. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, you have DIY, uh, which is sort of do it yourself, um, which is fairly self-explanatory. But of course, this is, this is when the small business is going to go in uh, and 
and do everything themselves. Um, and what we see in the middle, uh, and I don't know, we may or may not have actually coined this term a couple of years ago. I think that's probably being too generous. I think someone else probably did. And I think we need a better name, but that's just my opinion, but it's do it with me. Um, and this is really that sweet spot, in my opinion, of time, money, and expertise. And it's allowing the, uh, the small business to have control and transparency within the services that they're, they're procuring, but it's also about giving them help uh, when they need it. Um, and so I think if you look at websites, this is obviously the space that Mono is in and, and that we're living and breathing. We did, uh, we did a survey a couple of years ago and we asked uh, small businesses, what do, you, uh, what do you prefer to do yourself? What do you prefer to have help with? Um, and we asked it actually across a number of different services, but specific to websites at that time, we, we got back that 36% of small businesses DIY'd their, uh, DIY'd their website. And of course, on the flip side of that is 44% of them um, asked for help. And I think what's interesting, and this is what, why Do It With Me becomes interesting, is you can look at that obviously two ways. If you were historically a DIY company, so Squarespace, Wix, Weebly, um, you might look at that data set and say, wow, we're, we are missing out on actually, you know, the majority of small businesses that uh, don't want to just do it themselves and want help. How do we go after that? Uh, if you're sitting on the other side of the chair, right, you're saying, okay, we've built up a pretty good business, but hey, 36% of small businesses don't want help. And oh man, when we look at the, the, demogra- uh, the firmographics of this, you know, and you, you just look at millennials that number jumps up 10%. So boy, we need to offer uh, self-service to, to, to compete. Um, and, but I think, so, you know, uh, is what's the best service model, right? Well, obviously that's, uh, you, you know, better is, is objective and best is objective, but, you know, for me, just looking at one data set and one product websites, you know, it's about meeting the small business where they are. And that's what do it with me. Uh, means to me is, hey, if I've come on and I've said I want to DIY, well, I want to be there to help you if you get stuck. So, Matt, we have these three service models, okay? And, and my, you know, when I when I have my gut reaction immediately says, you, you have an SMB um, who's, who's, let's take a restaurant because, I mean, they're the ones who really went to, to e-commerce and takeout during the pandemic, you know, um, they're focusing on uh, making food, okay? Um, you know, uh, so, I mean, to do the whole, to have a DIY, which is, uh, you know, do it yourself may be really difficult. So is that where something like a do it with me, because they probably do want a little input themselves, um, could be a better solution? Yeah, and I think, um, actually, if we, if we go off of the restaurant example, I think Do It With Me is not only ideal for the service provider, uh, but I also think it's ideal for, uh, for the SMB themselves. And, and I'll tell you why. Because if I think about a restaurant owner, they're doing a million things, payroll, they're running a restaurant, et cetera. Um, they may want to sign up for, they say, all right, I need, I need to do takeout, and I need a payment system. So they go to Toast, uh, and they sign up with Toast, and they start to get things set up. Um, they've done some of that onboarding themselves. That's great for the service provider. Now you've taken out sales, and you've taken out uh, some of that initial onboarding cost. But to your point, they will need help. Um, so that's when the service provider can step in. But where I also think it's great for the SMB is if they've gotten their hands dirty and they've gotten some help, now they're empowered. So if I'm a restaurant, I'm going to have menu changes pretty often. I'm going to have specials. Um, you know, I may be, be running coupons or, or promotions and things like that. And if I feel comfortable to go in and make those changes, you know, something like online ordering, it should inherently be quote unquote, do it with me because I want to be able to make those changes without having to, to call the service provider. So that's why I, I think it's win-win. It lowers the service mm-hmm. burden on the vendor, but it also empowers 
um, the SMB, in this case, the restaurant mm-hmm. owner. Mm-hmm. And and as a SaaS provider, um, so we're looking at from the, the, the point of view of the the SMB. And what about from the point of view of the SaaS provider? I mean, um, do they have any preference or, you know, which one's easier to manage? Or, you know, we talked about closing that gap. Um, which one of these models might close that gap faster? Well, listen, I think if I could, if I could start a SaaS company and uh, just throw out some, some software and everybody would just come buy it and self-serve and never have <laughs> questions and never bother me. Obviously, that's like the, that's the ideal business model. Um, that's, you know, that's why people get excited about SaaS because it does scale and service doesn't. But, you know, as we've seen in this report, and I think as anyone would assume, um, that's just unrealistic. And, uh, and you have to have some service components. So, you know, I think that's why in my mind, do with me is interesting you know, you can hopefully lower your, your service burden while still uh, leveraging you know, self, uh, self-purchase and self-service. Um, so I would argue that that, from a vendor perspective, that probably is the most interesting model if you can find that sweet spot where you are, um, again, empowering the small business, giving them the tools. Um, we believe, and the data backed it up, that the small businesses are definitely open to collaboration. Um, and hopefully that will help you um, help you scale. Mm-hmm. And, and let, let's come back. Let's come back to the, the the core of this. Okay, what we talked about before. So, so the the SaaS company tries to find that that cooperative model or collaborative model with the with the SMB. Um, what's the first thing they need to do to really improve their services um, to to kind of step up um, to to, you know, to meet the expectations of the SMBs? Yeah. So I think there's really three elements to uh, a scalable service model or do it with me, whatever you want to call it. Um, so number one is you do need to have some sort of bespoke service. Um, if you don't offer uh, some kind of, um, you know, regular check-in or uh, some kind of, dedicated service rep, and of course, you can't see me, but I'm using dedicated in air quotes, um, you're going to lose because that was the expectation of the SMB. Uh, going back to the early in the conversation, 57% of small businesses want that. They want personalized service. So number one, let's offer that. But that's expensive. So now how do we complement that? So that's where the, the next two um, elements come into play. Um, I think number one is uh, is automation, and then number two is is content. So some, some uh, examples of that might be um, utilizing chatbot. Um, an example of that might be, again, utilizing data to, to, to feed smart interactions or to feed um, personalized reports, um, building up uh, content libraries, so knowledge bases, having regular you know, pre-recorded webinars and things like that. These allow you to sort of give the um, the feeling or the appearance that um, that you're offering bespoke service, while also giving the vendor um, a, a path to to scale and a path to, um, to automation, or mm-hmm. you know, better said, maybe utilizing less resources. So you know, again, I think some examples of that, um, you know, in tool guidance uh, is definitely something I think that's really interesting um, tutorial, tutorial videos of course step-by-step guidance that those are um, are going to be very helpful you know automating monthly reports I think there's so much data that uh, vendors are collecting nowadays that you can be really smart about that mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. you know also e-learning e-learning and um, and, uh, and and portals are, are fantastic or, as well. Yeah, uh, that's a good, that's good uh, good tips for our SaaS companies listening. And kind of kind of to wrap this all up, Matt. Um, you know, hopefully we're all not going to be in lockdown forever, and we're going to go back to partly virtual, partly live, and I hope as soon as possible. So, um, you know. 
as we go into the next step and we go into what's going to be the new normal where we actually can go in the shop, but we also are doing more e-commerce, what, what is your, if you had one big piece of advice for, for the listeners out there who are, who are SaaS companies, SMBs, what, what would that be? How could you summarize all this? Oh, well, listen, I'm, I'm with you. I'm ready to get back to business, get back to normal. <laughs> I think technology is, you know, I think it's, it's Pandora's box. So, yes, there's going to be a regression to the mean, but at the same time, these expectations that the consumers have are not, not going to change. They're going to be there. I don't, mm-hmm. Myself, I don't picture myself ever grocery shopping in the sense that I used to. I order online, pick up in store. Um, so I think, you know, the technology uh, transformation it was happening. It accelerated. It's going to be here for a while, and uh, and anyone who's providing services is going to have to also adapt. Um, and I, and you know, we think that service and sales are going to be those two elements that will be yeah. um, that have changed and will continue to change. Yeah, great last words, Matt. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, we've Thank been you. speaking. Yeah, so we've been speaking with Matt Materja, and he is the VP of Sales for Mono Solutions, and he's a VP for America, and is a decade of hands-on experience working with challenges that companies face when selling digital services and technology. And Mono Solutions, Mono is there to empower small businesses with best-in-class marketing technology, such as for websites, e-commerce, email, and online booking. Mono is a white-label technology, and it's a white-label technology behind thousands of small business owners and websites and online business models in Europe, the U.S., and Canada. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Mono, please go to www.monosolutions.com. They're on Twitter under Mono Solutions and on LinkedIn under Mono uh, dash Solutions. And for Matt, you can reach out to Matt on LinkedIn, and he's also on Twitter under M T E R G. So Matt, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks so much for having me. And for our listeners, this this uh, podcast is also. Uh, brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda provides virtual trainings, conferences, market research, legislative white papers, all focused on digital. Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital associations. And if you'd like to join Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And Cinda also holds webinars every Thursday evening at 1700. Central European time, and this Thursday, uh, uh, this Thursday, we'll be holding two webinars. So please go to Cinda and www.cinda.org, and please look at their webinars. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and you have been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. And thank you for tuning in. And please tune in every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. And with that, until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.